Football is back and right now Bet365 are offering a wide range of markets including first, last or anytime goal scorers. With over 45 million members, it's the world's favourite online betting company. We've got wall-to-wall Premier League football with games being played nearly every day and with Bet365 Bet Builder, you can combine match results, players to score, number of goals and more to create your own personalised bet. And if you can't watch all the games live with Bet365's Match Live feature, you can follow every moment through live graphics and text. Bet365 is the world's favourite online sport betting company. The app can be downloaded from Google Play and Apple App Store. Over 18s only. Please gamble responsibly. Welcome to another episode of the 59th Minute FPL Podcast, which is brought to you by The Athletic. I'm Mark McGettigan. You can find me on Twitter at FPL General. I'm recording on Thursday night, just after Manchester City destroyed Liverpool 4-0, which has brought Game Week 32 to a close. And we've got another deadline fast approaching, which is at 11.30 UK time on Saturday morning. So they're going to come thick and fast now. There's probably four game weeks over the next... 14 days so make sure you don't miss any of those deadlines usual pod structure for this episode i'll start with shout outs and a quick game week review because i don't want to dwell on it too much a watch list update twitter questions and i'll finish with transfers and captaincy for game week 33 if you're not yet a subscriber to the athletic you can get a 30-day free trial by visiting theathletic.com forward slash FPL pod and that's where you'll get the ad-free versions of this podcast and all of the other excellent athletic podcasts. Shoutouts this week, we've got a few new members to the 59th Minute Club. Two players from Aston Villa, Esri Konsa and Connor Hurahan. Both came off in the dreaded 59th minute for one-pointers in Game Week 32 and also a player who is who is in a lot of teams after the restart, Diogo Jota from Wolves, also gets the dreaded shout-out for a one-pointer. Jota has only scored, I think he's only scored five points in total in the three games since the restart, when his strike partner Jimenez has racked up 19. So Jota has been very disappointing since the Premier League resumed. A notable mention as well for Gabriel Jesus, who was taken off, I think it was around 56 or 57 tonight, for a one-pointer as well. So Jesus has been chopped from my watch list, got no interest there. He's not playing great and he's been taken off early as well, if he does start. How did my Game Week 32 go? Not great. I knew as soon as Jimenez, my captain, blanked all the way back last Saturday that it was going to be a very long week. And that's exactly how it's panned out. It's a red arrow. I managed to get 58 points, which is not awful. But every player that I don't own seemed to return this week, the likes of Aubameyang and Pulisic. So I had to just sit back and watch my red arrow get bigger and bigger. So in the end, I think it's going to be... I'm going to go from around 33k overall and drop about 10,000 places to 42k. So six game weeks to go, 42k overall. I would love to get a top 10k finish, but you know my team is pretty template. You know I've got lots of the popular, highly owned players. So I think I'm probably I might have to be a bit bold over the last six game weeks if I'm going to get that top 10k finish. So you may see a few maybe more exciting transfers from me over the next couple of weeks than what I would usually make just to spice things up for the last six game weeks and hopefully break into that top 10k by game week 38. In terms of 
what did I do for game week 32? I had two free transfers. I ended up doing Robertson out for Aurier, which actually turned out as a positive because Aurier scored a massive one points and Robertson scored zero. I also got rid of Harvey Barnes for Anthony Martial. Martial was pretty disappointing in the last game week, but hopefully that Bournemouth at home looks really tasty now for my triple up of Martial, Rashford and Bruno Fernandes. The, as I mentioned, Captain Jimenez was very frustrating. If you've been listening to me for a while, you'll know the thing I hate most about FPL is captaincy. So Captain Jimenez, blank, is another one for my scrapbook. Which players performed for me? Only four. The usual suspects, Nick Pope in goal, absolute hero, Matt Doherty, another hero, and the big guys, Bruno Fernandes and Kevin De Bruyne. So it was blanks from seven of my players. Jimenez, Rashford, Calvert-Lewin, so nothing from the strikers. Salah, Martial, Trent and Aurier. So overall, a pretty disappointing Game Week 32 for me. So hopefully Game Week 33 will be better. A quick watch list update now. Not too many exciting players added to the watch list this week. It's more about the players I've removed. I've removed some pretty high-profile players that I'm, I'm no longer interested in. But I'll, I'll start with the players I've added. Just three. First one is a Wolves defender, Johnny Otto, at 5.4 million. He's only owned by 1.2% of managers. Since the restart, his scores have been 6, 8 and 12. So very consistent scoring there from Johnny. Obviously, I've got Doherty. A lot of people have Saiz and Bully and Patricio as well. I think Johnny Otto has to be in the mix now as well if you're looking to bring in a Wolves defender or even a second Wolves defender. Wolves, as we know, like Manchester United, have very good fixtures. Another defender added to the watch list this week, 4.3 million. He's been on and off my watch list for most of the season. Don't think he's ever made it into my squad. Charlie Taylor at Burnley. Again, very low ownership, 2.2%. Like Pope, it's back-to-back clean sheets for Charlie Taylor. Just a very nice, cheap asset. You can stick him on your bench or you can rotate him with another cheap defender or midfielder. The only... Looking at looking at Burnley's fixtures, they've got Liverpool away in game week 35 and they've got Wolves at home in game week 36. But apart from that, Burnley have a pretty good final six fixtures or, or you know, four, four good fixtures out of six to finish the season. So Charlie Taylor is, is a nice, cheap option there. And the final player I've added to the watch list this week is a West Ham attacker, Jared Bowen, another player who's been on and off this watch list for most of the season. He got two assists against Chelsea, which brings him back onto my radar. He's got he's only 6.4 million and he's only owned by 0.1% of managers. Looking back, he started the last three games since the games have resumed. He also started the two games before lockdown as well. So it's five consecutive starts now for Jared Bowen. Manchester United away in game week 37 is the only really tricky fixture that West Ham have. So looking at it, I think they've got five out of six of the, you know, five of the last six fixtures are favourable where you could start someone like Jared Bowen and be hopeful of some points. So he's on my radar as well. Now, more importantly, the players that have removed this week, first one, Eddie and Ketia at Arsenal. There had been, you know, a lot of people were starting to eye him up as a cheap third forward. I don't think he started the FA Cup. And he didn't start the league game then afterwards. And I think looking at Arsenal's last three league games, he's only started one. So I think he's he's still fine, I think, for the bench. But I don't think he's someone you can re- rely on to start any any week because there's a very good chance he'll just get a cameo appearance. When it's, you know, looking at that price range of Enketia around 4.4, 4.5, I think Mason Greenwood is the guy to go for. But obviously, 
Greenwood takes up a very valuable Manchester United slot. So, you know, if you're someone who has Bruno, Rashford, Martial like me, or if you've got a defender or, or David De Gea, it's quite hard to fit Greenwood in. You might prefer spending extra cash on, on the more expensive United players. But, you know, there's no doubt Greenwood is excellent value. And I think he is the pick of the bunch now, uh, you know, around the 4.5 million mark among the forwards. Removed a couple of Leicester players from the watch list as well. I've gotten really, I've not really got any interest in Leicester now for the rest of the season. I don't like their fixtures for a start, and they just haven't been great over the last couple of weeks. Jamie Vardy is gone. Three games, three blanks. It's just not good enough for a player who costs almost ten million pounds. James Madison is gone as well. He, I think, he had a bit of an injury niggle and he didn't start during the week, but he did come on for the second half, and I was. I was a bit surprised today looking back on it. I put a tweet out about it. In in Madison's last 16 appearances, he's blanked 15 times. Absolutely crazy for a player who, when you watch Leicester and when you watch him, he often looks good in terms of FPL. He also he often has good stats as well. So 15 blanks in the last 16 for Madison. Caught me caught me by surprise today, and that's another reason why he's he's gone from a watch list and I've got no interest in him or Leicester for that matter. Paul Pogba is gone as well because I think there is probably there's possibly seven or eight Manchester United players that I would rather own than Pogba at the moment. He's playing too deep for my liking. So obviously Bruno, Martial, Rashford and Greenwood, I would rate all four of those guys higher than Pogba. And also defensively, you know, they keep churning out clean sheets. So I think De Gea, Juan Bissaka and Harry Maguire are very good options as well that are actually better options than Pogba at the moment. So Pogba is gone from the watch list, as is Patrick Van Anholt. I love this guy. Most fantasy managers who have been playing FPL for a couple of seasons love this guy, particularly at this stage of the season. He tends to finish the season very strongly, but as much as I love him, I just can't bring myself to pay 5.6 million for a Crystal Palace defender. And again, looking at fixtures, it's pretty tricky for Crystal Palace for the rest of the season. So I'm going to avoid him. So, I mean, if you have, if you do keep him or buy him for the, for the last part of the season, enjoy those 15 pointers that will no point, that, that will no doubt, no doubt turn up between now and game week 38. The final couple of players that are gone are Neil Mopai at Brighton and Mason Mount at Chelsea, quite simply because both players didn't start at the weekend, and I don't like that. Obviously, these are unprecedented times, and you know every player is going to be probably benched at some point. But I, I just don't like seeing seeing players getting benched. Uh, it, you know, to me that puts question marks on whether they're going to play every game between now and the end of the season. And and it's there's more reasons than that. You know, quite simply, not really interested in Brighton players. And in terms of Mount, I think Pulisic is by far and away the best Chelsea asset to go for now. Pulisic is probably right at the top of my most wanted list this week, which I'll talk about more when it comes to my transfers at the end of the podcast. So that's the watch list wrapped up ahead of Game Week 33. Harry's sponsors the 59th Minute Podcast. Harry's was founded by Jeff and Andy, two ordinary guys who were sick and tired of overpriced razors. Jeff and Andy knew there was only one way to ensure quality, so they bought their own factory. And now, by taking less profit, Harry's offers great quality products for a fair price. Their amazing quality blades are now almost half the price of the leading five-blade brand. Harry's trial set includes everything you need for a close, comfortable shave. Weighted ergonomic handle, five precision engineered blades, rich lather and shave gel, and a travel blade cover. 
As a listener of the 59th Minute Podcast, you can start shaving with Harry's today by claiming your trial set for £3.95. Support our podcast and get your set delivered to you, including a razor handle, five-blade cartridge, foam and shave gel, and a travel blade cover, by going to harrys.com forward slash the 59th minute right now. That's harrys.com forward slash the 59th minute. Thanks as always to everyone who sent in the questions on Twitter this evening. I'm going to pick out the best ones here, which should cover the main talking points going into this weekend's game week. First one came in from Alex Ball. Alex asks, what is my preferred three Manchester United players now? So as I mentioned, I've got the triple attack, Martial, Rashford and Bruno Fernandes. But I don't think that is the three I prefer at the moment, you know, having another game week's worth of information. They keep churning out the clean sheets. I think there's a lot of value in the likes of De Gea, Wan-Bissaka and Harry Maguire. So if I had a clean slate this week, I think I'd be going for one defender. Bruno is obviously a given. Um, I still, I th- if I had to choose between Martial and Rashford, I think that's a really tricky one. But I think just given that he's out of position, obviously extra point for a goal, picks up the point for a clean sheet as well. I think we'd go for, for Martial, who, who's arguably more explosive as well than Rashford. I think Rashford's not as appealing now when he doesn't have penalties. So I would go Bruno. I would go Martial. And again, I think I, th- I still think Maguire and Wan-Bissaka is a bit of a coin toss. Wan-Bissaka has been the hero the last couple of weeks getting two assists. But Maguire, you know, he's, he's getting his head on, on quite a few of Bruno's corners. I think he had a goal ruled out. So I think it's only a matter of time before we see Harry Maguire on the score sheet as well. And Wan-Bissaka is not going to keep up that return of assists. So I think I would probably go Maguire, go after them goals. So Maguire, Bruno and Martial would be the ideal triple up if I had a clean slate this week. But obviously... Bournemouth this weekend, so I'm very hopeful that my three attackers absolutely smash the Bournemouth defence. Second question came in from FPL Crate Digger. Is 4-5-1 now a viable formation until the end of the season? The short answer is yes. It seems very suddenly there seems to be not that many attractive strikers. I updated my watch list going into this weekend and I've only got one striker on it. I think it's Danny Ings. So I've got Jimenez, I've got Calvert-Lewin and I've got Rashford and then Ings is the only striker on my watch list. And that's that's the first time this season that I've only had one striker on my watch list. There's usually at least five or six there. There's just very few that I'm interested in. You know, I took Gabriel Jesus off at this evening as well after he was taken off before 60 minutes. Not, not only for that reason, but I just don't don't think he's passed the eye test recently either. He, he, you know, he's a big drop off from Aguero, and there's no guarantee that he's going to start every game. So, because there's not many strikers I like, I'm looking possibly to move away from three strikers down to two strikers. I think if I was on a wild card this week, I would be going three five two, and loading up the midfield with with big hitters the likes of Pulisic, you know, who I don't have, and alongside the KDBs and the Salas and the Brunos. So. I think 3-5-2 is a great formation for the next few weeks. So I think 4-5-1 is, is justified as well. Especially when you've got these guys like Greenwood and, and Ketia. You know, you can play an unorthodox formation that maybe you wouldn't usually play. I think five midfielders is the key. If you can get five, you know, big hitting, attacking midfielders. And then whether you go two strikers or four defenders, I think you can you can just decide which you prefer. I, th- I still think there's a lot of value in defence as well. We're seeing a lot of... 
the big teams, you know, the Manchester Uniteds and the Wolves, you know, churning out clean sheets. So they're, they're quite predictable at the moment, the clean sheets. So, yeah, I think four defenders is is perfectly justified and just one striker. Um, you know, who would that striker be? It could be Jimenez. It could be Rashford. You know, apart from that, there's not that many I like. Even, you know, Calvert-Lewin is, is on the chopping block for me. Uh, again, I'll come back to him when I talk about my transfers. So, yeah. 4-5-1 I think is viable, 3-5-2 I think is the one I would like to have if I can get there somehow over the next week or two. Question from FF Thinker: Which Manchester City and Liverpool players are you likely to hold for the rest of the season? So which ones am I likely to hold? I've got three, I've got two Liverpool and one City, I've got KDB, he goes nowhere. Just watching that Manchester City-Liverpool game tonight, he could have easily had... 25 to 30 FPL points. Uh, absolutely going nowhere. He stays all season. The Liverpool guys are the ones I've got the question marks over. So it was a nice big fat zero pointer from Alexander Arnold this evening. Pretty sure that's probably the first time that's ever happened this season anyway. Salah, you know, you're not going to judge Liverpool on, on that City game after they've been celebrating. Looks like they've been over celebrating for the last week, judging on that performance. But I've got question marks over TAA. I'm not going to say I'm going to keep him for the rest of the season. I'll certainly be keeping him for Aston Villa this weekend. Probably keep Salah for that fixture as well and then just reassess things. You know, If it's a case that we see a lot of rotation against Aston Villa, which I think could happen, especially now that you know most of the first team players got at least you know, 60, 70 minutes and were ran ragged by, by Man City tonight. You know, they're going to be absolutely shattered after that game. So... I do expect a couple of changes against Aston Villa, which is quite scary, especially when it comes to captaining a Liverpool player this weekend, which I'll talk about later as well. So for me, KDB stays. Salah, I think, will probably go at some point, but it won't be this weekend. And Trent will stay for the season, as long as he doesn't get rotated quite a lot over the next week or two. Question from FPL Goats. Which Manchester City player or players to consider alongside KDB. And the GOAT mentions Mares, Foden, Sterling and Jesus. So it's it's probably a good time to, to answer this question after watching City absolutely tear Liverpool apart. Um so I've I've only got KDB. I would you know City have, have some amazing fixtures and they they're on fire at the moment. You know they can blow anybody away. I mean if they can put four past Liverpool they can put eight or nine past somebody on their day over the next couple of weeks. So I would like to get a second Man City player. And I'm still leaning towards Mares. You know, I like that he was benched against Liverpool. So I think that makes him more likely to start at the weekend. I think I like Foden a lot more after watching him again tonight as well. The guy is a special, special player. And Pep seems to be using this period to give him a lot of game time and help him to develop ahead of next season. So I still, I think Foden's 5.2 million. I think that's super value. Now, I think he causes you a headache though if you get him. Do you trust him to put him in your starting 11 or do you put him as first sub? I think after tonight, I think if you own Foden, I think you got to start him. You know, I don't think he's a player you put on your bench. You just treat him. You just treat him like another Man City attacker. You forget he's 5.2 million. You treat him like an 8 million, 9 million Man City attacker and you just start him. And if you get one pointers, you know, so be it. You could get a, you know, a 15 pointer the week after. So I like Mares. I like Foden. I, I, I love Sterling as well. You know, absolutely, you know, huge points against Liverpool. St- the problem with Sterling is he's quite expensive. So f- I think for me to get him would probably mean losing Salah, which I'm not ready to do just yet. And Jesus, I just wouldn't go near him. He just hasn't looked good getting taken off early. And again, no guarantee that he's going to start every game. So for me, 
Marnes for me is the number one preference alongside KDB. I'd probably put, I think I'd probably put Foden number two now and then Sterling number three. But Sterling is only number three because he's very expensive. Um, you know, if they were all the same price, you know, I'd probably lean in Sterling number one. But but Sterling is very tricky to get in. I think all three are very viable options. I don't think I'd bother with any of the others. I think those are the three to look at. Mares, Foden and Sterling alongside KDB. Question from FPL for the King. A triple captaincy question. So there's there's quite a few managers who still have the chip left and they're wondering when they should play it. And FPL for the King is asking about this week, Gimmick 33. Should, should they use triple captaincy on a Manchester United player at home to Bournemouth who just shipped four goals to Newcastle? And another option is using triple captaincy on a Liverpool player at home to a pretty poor Aston Villa side. Although Villa have been better defensively since the restart. So what's my answer to this? I think this week is, I think it's a viable option. I would. I don't think I would use triple captaincy on a Liverpool player after they've played City. And I expect a couple of changes against Aston Villa. So it could be a case you triple captain Manny or Salah. And then you get the team sheet at the weekend and they're on the bench. You know, that that you, you can't really be surprised if that happens. So that would be enough to scare me away from triple captaincy um, on a Liverpool player. But I think someone like Bruno Fernandes or Martial or even Rashford, uh, I think you can take a punt with the triple captaincy on that this weekend. Just because of the opponent. And, you know, Manchester United have been one of the better sides since, since the game returned. So, you know, who would I go for? Probably Bruno Fernandes. Um, you know, penalty, set pieces... Can score goals from open play, you know, and I fully expect United to get three or four against Bournemouth. So yeah, I think it's a good option. Again, I haven't looked ahead at, at future game weeks. You've got to weigh it up. You know, you've got to weigh up Manchester United against Bournemouth with maybe you know a couple of fixtures later down the line, like some Man City, um, uh, and maybe you know Chelsea. You know these teams that might have very good fixtures later on. You know. Norwich, Aston Villa, Bournemouth. These are the teams you probably want to target with your triple captaincy if you've got it left. But I certainly wouldn't stop anyone from doing it on a Manchester United player against Bournemouth. Just remember, I am a Manchester United fan, so always take anything I say about United players and FPL with it with a pinch of salt and, and make your own mind up on that. Question from Puskar. Uh, very good question, this one. Which three strikers to get on wildcard? So this kind of goes back to what I was saying there's, n- there's probably not three strikers I would want on a wild card, so I think I would go three five two, and go with a you know a, with a Greenwood or or an Inketia or a Connolly, uh, or maybe even a Musette now after he scored tonight. Um, but I do think Greenwood is the best option if you're willing to sacrifice another Manchester United player to have him. Which strikers would I get on a wild card? I still have a lot of faith in Jimenez, so I would keep him. I would probably go Jimenez Rashford, and go three five two. Um, again, if I'm going Rashford, that means I've got Bruno. I've probably got a Manchester United defender, so I probably don't have space for Greenwood. So you're probably going to have to settle for someone like Inketia or Connolly. Then I still think those guys are good value. You know, they're going to be on your bench, and hopefully you won't have to rely on them very often. So I think Jimenez, Rashford are still the preferred two strikers for me. Last question before I move on to captaincy and transfers came in from Mark Cram. A question about Calvert-Lewin. A question I am asking myself this week as well. Mark asks, should we stick with Calvert-Lewin for the for the Spurs fixture? You know, a, a poor Spurs defence? Or should we twist after three blanks? And if so, who is the best replacement for Calvert-Lewin? So, I think this is team dependent. 
I, I'm losing patience with Calvert-Lewin. I think it's fine to get rid of him now. I'm in a tricky situation. I've only got one free transfer and I've got very little cash in the bank, so I can't really make a nice upgrade. I would, you know, if I had two free transfers, I think the ideal replacement for Calvert Lewin is not a striker; it's a midfielder. I think it's Pulisic ahead of that Watford game at home. So I think for people who have two free transfers, or if you're willing to take a minus four, which I may be persuaded into before the deadline, is to move from Calvert Lewin to Pulisic. So going from three strikers to two strikers, and getting the Chelsea man in who is who's on fire at the moment. Uh, and who I would really like to own. And, you know, his ownership is still very low in the overall scheme of things. I think it's only 6 or 7%. So it's a good time to get on Pulisic if you can. So, you know, I'll, I'll come back to that when it comes to my transfers. But, you know, I'm kind of snookered. I need a minus four to get rid of Calvert-Lewin, which I don't really like. You know, it may... I think if I need if I wanted to get Pulisic, I would probably either need to get rid of one of the midfielders that I don't want to sell, or it would probably actually be a minus eight, because I can't do... DCL to a you know a, someone like a Enketia and Saka up to Pulisic. I'm probably a po- about 0.5 short for the minus four there, so it probably would end up being a minus eight for me. But certainly, if you've got two frees, I think you can get you can let Calvert Lewin go. And if you're willing to take a minus four, I think that's fine as well. But you know, if you do sell him, I hopefully hopefully I benefit from his goals against Spurs if I do decide to keep him. Hello, I'm James Richardson, host of the Totally Football Show, now part of the Athletics Podcast Network. We're going to be here following all the action as the 2020 football season reaches its belated conclusion. And if you're an Athletics subscriber, you can now hear exclusive ad-free versions of our show on the Athletic app. And don't worry, if you're not a subscriber, you can still listen to us for free with the occasional word from our sponsor by searching for The Totally Football Show on Apple, Spotify and all the usual podcast places. The Totally Football Show with me, James Richardson, still totally free and now totally ad-free on The Athletic. Game week 33, captaincy and transfers now. Captaincy, first of all, as I mentioned, I think it's probably going to be a straight, straight shootout between Manchester United players and Liverpool players. At the top of the captaincy polls this week. United are at home to Bournemouth and Liverpool are at home to Aston Villa. Now, I mentioned possible rotation for Liverpool. That scares me off Salah. So I think I'm probably going to lean towards Bruno Fernandes for my captaincy this week. I've got Martial and Rashford as options as well. But at the moment, the big C is on Bruno Fernandes after his amazing performance during the week. Uh, probably Salah vice captaincy for me then. There's a couple of other options too. You know, I think anyone who does have Pulisic, I'm, I'm, I'm blowing Pulisic's trumpet quite a bit here, even though I don't have him. You know, I think if you do have him at home to Watford is probably one of the better differential captaincy options this week. And Manchester City are away to Southampton. And, you know, watching them against Liverpool, I'm expecting plenty of goals from Man City over the next you know, couple of weeks. It's just trying to pin down who's going to play and who's going to score those goals. But again, if you're looking to try something different and make up a bit of ground, the likes of Mares, Sterling, you know, KDB, these guys I think are pretty solid options as well. But for me, I don't think I'll be looking past Manchester United at home to Bournemouth. I just can't look past the fixture, given how poor Bournemouth were against Newcastle during the week. So for me, I think it'll be Bruno Fernandes. You know, he is the dream FPL player he's a midfielder penalty set pieces can score from open play so so many avenues to points there with Bruno Fernandes in terms of my transfers what am I going to do I mentioned I've only got one free one so I can't really do what I would like to do 
I'll think long and hard before the deadline about a minus four, which would take which would take out Calvert Lewin and, and get a midfielder, most likely Pulisic. But I think most likely what I'll do, even though Game Week 32 was quite disappointing, my team on paper looks pretty solid for Game Week 33. So I'll I'll do what I most often do is bank the transfer, give myself another week of information and then do a little bit of surgery the following week with two free transfers and maybe add another one in for a minus four. Um, you know, Mares is very tempting, as I mentioned as well, but to get him in for free this week, you know, I would have to lose Salah, Bruno Fernandes or KDB and I don't think I'm willing to do that. So for me, most likely a banking of my transfer this week and then a bit of surgery for game week 34 I think that's everything covered ahead of game week 33 to help you with your transfers and your captaincies and everything else thank you as always for taking the time to listen if you'd like to support me and the podcast you can check out my Patreon page which is patreon.com forward slash FPL general the start of a new month is always the best time to sign up because you can try it for the rest of July and just before the 1st of August, you can decide whether you want to go through with your pledge or not. So before the end of the season, a good time to check it out to see if it's something that interests you for next season. Any questions about that, just send me a direct message on Twitter. Keep an eye out for another podcast episode, which will drop on Monday. So I'm going to record late Sunday night uh, and get a, get a podcast out on Monday to preview Gimmick 34. So so you keep an eye out for that one. Keep an ear out for it as well. And all I'm left to say is best of luck to all of you this weekend in Gimmick 33. Best of luck to myself as well. I need it after a bad Gimmick 32. So hopefully we can bounce back and start heading towards that top 10k. Talk to you all soon, folks. <laughs>